Welcome to Onward, the podcast where we explore social innovations and chat with the entrepreneurs moving them forward. I'm your host, Daniel Weinsman. Today, we dive deep into the heartbeat of transformative leadership. We're not talking just any kind of leadership. No, we're venturing into the realm of the heart economy movement, a pioneering force that champions leadership that emanates from the wisdom of the heart. This isn't woo-woo. There's deep science backing this movement up, and the founder, Arnaud St. Paul, joins us to share what he is pushing forward at the forefront of developing even more data to demonstrate just how amazing our hearts are. In a time when spreadsheets and KPIs and OKRs dominate the dialogue around leadership, our guest is carving out space for what truly fuels passion and purpose in our work. Connection, compassion, and authenticity. Stay tuned. This is Onward, where progress, purpose, and the power of leadership come together. Can you share a bit of the story behind what you're working on now, the, the heart economy movement, and what yes. inspired you to, to champion? Actually, it's a continuity from my viewpoint. So about 12, 15 years ago, I realized that my life purpose is to help 1 billion people to open their heart to themselves. That has been my motivation behind Give Nation and be one, behind what I do now uh, as well. I'm, you know, continuing working with Forgive Nation, but also launching uh, the heart economy movement uh, that which purpose is to help leaders in business to realize that they are using their heart when they are taking a decision and that by doing so, if they amplify the volume of that, they start to activate their inner genius, that, that heart that we have inside ourselves that can give us access to so many new aspects of ourselves that we don't, uh, we are not conscious about most of the time. And when we start looking from that viewpoint, when we are opening ourselves to that new way of uh, leading and being, then what we could look at uh, or name as miracles not they are not miracles they are just uh, act, active growth that happen in the business in the organization that we are in and in our lives in general and uh, then we get into that it's a bit like going from a conventional computer to a quantum computer you, you know we have that idea that it's like night and day where we're exactly in the same paradigm here uh, it's going from sequential to a uh, holistic viewpoint, and it brings amazing results. So I love the language that you're using to describe this vision that you have, heart, economy, and movement. Um, we could take a lot of time to dissect all of those, but I'm curious, how is this movement moving? What does it look like in practice? In practice, yes, let's be pragmatic. So the way we're moving it forward, uh, one is I'm uh, still recruiting uh, or have an amazing council in New York. The first chapter is in New York. And so we already have seven council members, amongst them some amazing people. And uh, we are recruiting a council members in London as well. These would be the first two chapters. 
and then across different cities in the world as we grow. And uh, the, the idea of the council is to have the right connections so that we can gather people in an online event every month or every quarter where everybody can network together and really be connected and through their heart actually do business, but in a win-win-win situation. And as well, providing them support because you know when we're an entrepreneur or an organization, a leader, we tend to get stuck sometimes. And so by using that new paradigm of looking at business from a heart perspective, we can unlock situations very easily and therefore allow the, the individual, the leader, to actually um, let go of the old limiting pattern and grow immediately, instantaneously into a new way of uh, leading their the people around them and get unstuck, so to speak. It's interesting to hear and think into the dynamic of holding heart-based spaces virtually. Um, so much of the power of the heart is in the energetic field that is literally the magnetic field that we can feel when we're sharing physical space. I'm curious how you get some of these... Uh, business leaders in these professional settings to drop into the heart in the virtual paradigm it's super easy it's not i mean the physical is still you know yes you indeed there is that magnetic field uh, that is three meters away from my body and if you're three meters from me then all of a sudden we sink uh at, at the heart variability level however I can connect to your heart right now and be led by him to know what it is exactly that you need me to say. And it works instantaneously. There is no border, no frontier, no distance that can change that. So there is a level of communication that exists beyond any distance we can put in between us that is the actual reality of our relationship and our communication. And then there is the rest. On top of that, you have, well, the physical layer we just talked about, or there's the emotional layer, and then there's the mental layer on top. All the, these are pure noise compared with the first one. So to your question, how do I foster such communication? One, by being aware of it myself. For me, it's an evidence. There is no other way. So therefore, maybe it's not an evidence for you. That is a possibility, likely actually, but it doesn't matter because I'm here for you. I'm here to serve that communication, right? And then all of a sudden it starts happening for you as well, intuitively in your experience. We're not talking about learning how to do it just happens on its own and it seems like such a radical revolutionary departure from kind of business as usual because what i'm hearing underneath some of your words is the focus on being mm -hmm. instead of doing yeah, i know from the the spaces that i've worked in the leaders that i've had the honor of serving they have gotten there largely because of this muscle they've built around doing it is their being, their presence that is 
transformative for the organizations they exactly work with. and it's about experience instead of learning so it is about having the experience of being myself in this or that situation uh, and allow myself to experience something else related to that type of situation for instance it's not about acquiring knowledge we don't need that but we do need to connect deeply inside ourselves so that we can not only withstand whatever life brings us through business or 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 otherwise not because it is a challenge it's just because we're we still expect something else at that moment so we need to shift our mindset or our perception of the reality that is showing up to me so that i can really indeed release it or release the underlying current that is fostering that reality in other words just for me to be a bit more precise uh, imagine an example uh, i had that ceo who had uh, whose company was whose company's website was copied by another company uh, by another company so you know plagiarism and all that but copy identical copy so obviously from a business standpoint it's an issue right you don't want that to happen uh and the, the company was in nigeria or something like that the, the the one that was doing the the uh was creating the issue and so something happened in the reality of that ceo that was quite a problem a challenge for the company and for himself right so it happened that we were working together so for he was fortunate from that viewpoint uh, because we were then looking at it from the angle of where does that come from in other words what is the underlying issue that is showing up in his life now through that copying that uh, from that company it's it was connected to an issue of integrity he had a resistance toward non-integrity in this case right and in that case it was the a problem of integrity of himself he didn't think he was had enough integrity for the work he's doing or for so there was a resistance related to inner integrity right and then we sourced it we found where it came from in his life from a few decades before we released that and the following week the company decided publicly to say they apologized and they changed the website and all that stuff and they got a nine-figure contract coming their way without knowing where it came from uh so because he had released that integrity issue in in the first place and we do that every week right it's not just one coincidence it just happens every week so that's that's what we're here to help people with uh showing them the tools that our heart our life is giving us every single day it's like a map we just have to understand how to read the map and go through it and then the impact we we want to have the purpose we want to fulfill and experience the success we're looking for will happen guaranteed and I've had the uh, the pleasure of 
peeling through some of the HeartMath Institute. So I know the deep science that exists beneath some of the alchemical, uh, metaphysical stories that you must have dozens of um, helping people through these transitions. And I also know that you and uh, your team are embarking on some pretty interesting research as well. Um, so I'd love to hear more about very, the, very the assessment tool that you're developing yeah. and how... What very very excited by that. It's... Uh... So the heart economy, within the scope of the heart economy, we're launching the first research uh, where we're going to assess a thousand liters from anywhere, doesn't really matter, against the seven pillars of heart leadership. So which are they? Presence, inner peace, inner joy, dharma, which is purpose, living purpose, selflessness, and unity. And I'm missing one, uh, non-attachment. <laughs> uh, so through 35 questions that are, people love them because they help them think about themselves. So this is really cool. They get uh, a scoring related to these pillars and gives a very, very accurate um, description of where the person stands in this moment in her lifetime. And uh, usually it uh, stems conversations with the people who wants to have these conversations of how they can evolve from there. The whole purpose being that once we are, we are at a certain level, we always have the opportunity to get to a higher level and a higher level and higher level. Is, it's a never-ending journey. The whole purpose there is to learn the, the tools so that you can do it on your own. You don't have to you know, work with someone every t all the time, obviously. And so with that assessment, we're going to be able to create a baseline around heart leadership and then connect it with impact and success. So across time, we're going to work with a top university and across a few years, we're going to be able to measure the same people over, uh, you know, a few years and see how they evolve from an impact and success standpoint and match the heart leadership growth with this out this uh, material out outcome so and from your experience working with leaders in international contexts um is there one of these seven pillars that you find to be uh, most abundant among them and on the converse uh least most scarce among them or is it very oh, much wow. more individualistic that's a good question. Uh, I mean, th these seven pillars are very, very interdependent. Having said that, there are, how would I put it? There's a hierarchy, probably, you know, in order for you to get uh, proficient in non-attachment, which is kind of useful for more resilience and uh, to really be the best leader you can be in any situation, you first need to develop and nurture presence. Because without presence, you cannot have non-attachment. There's no way you can do that. Um, another example, in order for you to get to a certain level, high level of selflessness, 
you have to have presence and non-attachment. You can have selflessness without non-attachment, but then all of a sudden something will go haywire very quickly in your in your experience of yourself. Uh, Dharma is another big pillar. So Dharma is, I, I call it in English, living purpose. It's like this inner purpose that is in your heart for which you are born and you cannot not do what you need to do, which is in my case, helping people open their heart to themselves. And, and so that one is also very, very important for a heart leader, because if he hasn't discovered that, then he still has to uncover the, the, the true resonance for which he is uh, having this experience of being a human and, and doing the things he's doing. And and so anyway, I can talk for many hours around these pillars, but um, the I think the bottom line is you you I have seen people that are have a drop in in Dharma, but all the others are rather healthy, so to speak. It happens, but it's only a ten point drop or something related to the others. Uh, it's rare. Usually it's more uh, global. Mm -hmm. uh, now, to your question specifically, I don't have enough data yet to be able to tell you, yeah, there is that type of people that is that way and they obey to that kind of profile. Uh, maybe we can talk about it in a year from now or a few months at least once we have gathered enough organizations that are willing to work with us and and uh, yeah, and see how we can move forward the, the heart leadership movement and heart economy movement. As I was thinking through the, the seven different pillars, um, what got really present to me was the experience of some, uh, many of my clients who presence just seems so out of reach because of the, the stories that we have around the pace of modern life and how busy our plates are and ever-shifting technology and tools that are being placed upon them to to implement um you are also a technologist you come from a pretty high-tech background so i'd be interested in hearing how you see emerging technologies whether we want to go down the AI road, the blockchain road, the robotics road, the nuclear power road, how are they supporting the heart economy? Because I think oftentimes we think about technology getting in the way of our human relations, um, mm. but I'd love to hear your thoughts on how they're supporting us Be in connecting. Be before I answer that, I think there is something that is more important still we need to, I, I want to answer uh, which is that the idea that because there is technology around us, we cannot be present. That's what I understood a little bit from what you were saying at first. Yeah. Which cannot be more wrong. Anything that is in my reality has the potential of distracting me. Yes. However, it is always my choice to be present to myself and what happens now or to be distracted right 
And it's not because I am adding more and more technologies and that the pace of this or that happens faster that this rule changes. So if there is many, many things that are happening at, at the office and in my life and so on and so on, it is still a choice I'm making to be in these things or to be present. So, you know, if there is something that comes from this conversation, uh, hopefully for the audience, is we all have this choice, this possibility of being present, whatever the circumstances and the environment. And maybe we need to remember that uh, more often than not at first, and then it becomes a habit, and then it's it doesn't matter anymore because we're we're there yet all the time, right? Hopefully that's useful. And is there a practice that you have for folks who who come to you who are kind of deeply embedded in this the dominant culture of do 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 to help yeah. them begin getting I repatterning mean, into presence? It's 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 a lot about finding a new cycle, creating new patterns. So presence starts with being present to oneself. What's the the easiest and simplest tool for that? Well, there are a few, obviously. One of them could be having a walk in nature. That's one way. The best way so far, to my knowledge, is uh, sticking to a discipline of 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night, meditating, any way, shape, or form, doesn't really matter. Having that space for myself, and that will anchor this idea in my experience, right? It will anchor in my experience this, this experience of being me now, without external input, right? Which is the issue we're, we're looking, we're being challenged by. And once we create these anchors in our day, then slowly but surely, it starts to permeate the rest of the day. Another tool that I usually use with my clients sometimes is, uh, well, I can offer them to visualize a tree. A tree is very, very present, right? It's very, very uh uh, rooted in the soil and being there and nothing else. So that helps too. And the third tool, and there are many more, but uh, it's put an alarm on your phone every hour, for instance, and ask yourself, who am I now? Just that. Takes 30 seconds or one minute to be present to oneself and asking oneself, who is it that I'm playing the role of right now? Am I the entrepreneur? Am I doing, am I? So just a checkup, right? A catch up with oneself. And having that moment of authenticity, of presence will help accelerate that process of being present all the time. Thank you for sharing those. Okay. Those, cool. those are all doable, accessible. And yeah. no matter what stories we tell ourselves, if we're being real honest with ourselves, we know we can carve out 20 minutes here, 30 seconds yeah. there. Yeah, I think so. 
So now to your question, uh, how the, so what was your question? It was technology? More or less like how are these modern technologies actually supporting us in animating the heart economy? Right. Being more humane with one another, more connected to one another authentically, deeply. Well, you know, uh, technology is... Uh, an amazing incarnation of consciousness, right? It's uh, it's one that we are uh, seeing as amazing creators that we are ourselves and uh, to the image of our own consciousness. So uh, if we look at the internet, the internet in the end is that uh, inner and outer connectivity that is real time, that is there all the time. And it has allowed us as a, as a community of the humanity to know itself as one, right? And that's when the image of the earth, the earth happened. And all of a sudden, like 50 years ago, we, we knew before that we were one planet and one community. And then all of a sudden we had the experience of it, right? So to this, in this same idea, uh, blockchain came with this idea of um, trustless, blah, 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 whatever. The bottom line is it's still, again, uh, putting into technology a series of transactions that can be taken care of by computers so that humans do not have to uh, carry them out. Great. Then we have AI that is coming over. And AI is a very interesting because that technology is the ultimate presence in the, in the sense that for to answer a question, there is no other context than the question. That's how AI currently works. And so it's the ultimate uh, 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 model for how to be a human because technically, Whenever there is a question, there shouldn't be any past stories nor future expectations related to it. And we should, ideally, again, be just there for the question, answering it to the best of our ability, and it's gone. That's the ideal for a heart leader. And that's what AI is showing us. Plus the fact that AI is that external consciousness that I can tap into to know things for me, right? But it cannot do what I do, which is to be in my heart and be and experience my beingness and my, my reality and so on and so forth. So it's, a, it's a, an outsourced, knowledge-based, mental-based thing. So I can be freely into my heart more and more and more. Which is very powerful. Something that's coming to mind as you're saying this is that the the names that we've placed on this this new tool, AI, artificial intelligence, um, is really a misnomer because it's really a collective intelligence that we can tap into. There's nothing really artificial about it except maybe the interface. So uh, hold on, there is there is the knowledge and then there is the intelligence. These are two different things. So what is common is the knowledge. It's community-based, the knowledge of the community. 
the intelligence is from the computer or that specific model that is applying a certain level of intelligence, right? That is unique. Um, and the combination of both is what we could call the ego <laughs> or the, the mind. And that is having, so all of a sudden I have the impression of having a conversation with a new mind uh, that is telling me things and saying this thing should be that way and so on and so forth. Amazing. But I have the same with you. I have the same with someone else and so on and so forth. So we're in the same paradigma of an illusory conversation with a supposedly uh, independent mind, uh, which is bringing me information about myself so that I can have a new experience of myself. The bottom line is, if I am present to myself, if I am opened to myself, whether that AI is there or another individual is there, it's one and the same. It, because I am fearful, I may be, you know, having problems talking with AI or etc. Maybe, but that's another storyline, right? But the bottom line is. As I mentioned to you uh, in another conversation, the it's always is when we get into the, the 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 space of the heart, everything is a reflection of myself. Every single situation at the office, every single discussion, every single challenge that happens in my life is an opportunity for me to learn more about myself and uh, grow beyond it. Let go of all limiting patterns and access free or new ones that are much bigger, like the example I shared earlier. And the challenge is to remember that, hence the that need of being present. Because reality is so overwhelming around us right it's so taking our guts out and uh and and moving them around so technology is a beautiful reminder of that too if we want to look at it that way obviously it's always a choice uh, i love the reframe at the beginning of the call, you mentioned your purpose being to unlock the the hearts of one billion people. So I'd like to hear a bit more on as you look forward, what is your greatest aspiration for the heart economy movement? And once these billion hearts are unlocked and potentiating in full force, what are the other seven billion of us seeing what's different in the world because of it well i think i lack imagination with that on that one yet uh it's difficult to fathom yet but what i know for a fact this is the best gifts i can give to myself and to the world at the same time it's the biggest systemic change ever and so that's why I'm launching that heart economy because I I am 
I know for a fact that bringing about this heart leadership into the business world is going to shift a lot of things at all levels of society. And that's that was my purpose with Give Nation from another angle, and I'm continuing doing the same. Uh, what is going to look like? Well, first and foremost, imagine millions, billions, I don't know, many, many, many people living their lives where they feel supported, nurtured, uh, taken care of by their day-to-day -day life, by their reality, where they can always tap into the abundance of their heart instead of living in scarcity, greed, blah, 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 fear as well, paranoia. Imagine that at scale. That's huge. From the person that closes her door by key because she's leaving for, for an hour, a house or a car, to uh, the amazing president or whomever that is going to, you know, help a new nation or whatever. I don't know. Uh, the, 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 uh, everybody, you know, imagine a society that is now driven through compassion, love, altruism, and pure abundance. That seems absolutely out of this world. That seems I'm describing heaven right now. Yes? Yeah. 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 Clearly. Well. And you know I think we've all had experiences of this in our lives. It might not be the consistent. Yeah. But it's it's accessible. We know it this is. isn't some far off realm. And uh, every single person that I'm working with are experiencing that even every day now, in their own way, right? Each and every one of us are absolutely unique and we live it in our own way, always. But it is actually a reality. It's not something that happens overnight. It takes, some for some people, a few months, for some people, a few years, but it actually happens. Now, again, Everybody has the choice. Do we want to live in that world or not? And the only thing we can do is to offer that possibility, that door, and it's up to the people who wants to get through that door or not, right? I'm a seeker. I know a lot of my listeners are as well. So for those who have been sparked by something that you've said, are curious about some of the concepts you've shared. Where can people go to to get more information, to join the movement, to learn more about you and what you're up to? Well, um, so dear seekers, let's find together. <laughs> that might be easier. Uh, number one, and yeah, let's do it together. The if you are interested in the heart economy, I would suggest to go through um, a link that uh, um, our amazing host will share. It's the research link. And there you can go through the report. 
if you want to, we can provide you with support after the report to go through the uh, through the, the the results themselves. And you can join the community uh, of the Heart Leaders Network. Uh, it's a WhatsApp group and you can join us there. So that's one aspect. If you want to dive deeper into what I call the heartful method and you know uh, open that heart leadership, whether for your team or yourself or both, team or organization, uh, you can go to tapuat.com, which is our website. And there you'll learn more about the Heartful Method and how to uh, you know, make things happen. Arnaud, I so appreciate your, your time and your deep presence. Me too, yours. Last words, suggestions, or calls to action before you get back to your day? Whatever you feel inside yourself as being true, that vision that you have of the impact you want to have in the world. The best way and the best path to get there, to make it happen, is through your heart. The other way is filled with struggle and hustle and many, many pains. Uh, the heart's path uh, where you have clarity and guidance towards it is to my knowledge and to in my experience the best ever because we are we have the whole your whole reality and life conspiring for that to happen and i will leave you with a word that most of the people do not know in English and everybody's going to look for it on the internet. I, we will not give the definition there uh, in the, in the, uh, in this uh, podcast. It's the antonym of paranoia. And the definition of that word starts with the idea that the world around you in your, your life, in other words, your day-to-day -day, conspires to support you, to nurture you, to provide for you. It's called, it comes from the Greek, it's very legit and all that, but although nobody knows it in the US, well, you know, in most of the world anyway, it's called pronoia. And so the question I'm leaving you with is, are you ready to live in a pronoia world, are you ready to choose it? If you do, call me. The heart is not just a symbol of love. It's an organ of incredible intelligence. Did you know that the heart has its own little brain called the intrinsic cardiac nervous system? This heart brain is composed of around 40,000 neurons that can sense, feel, learn, and remember. Furthermore, the heart's magnetic field can be measured three feet away from the body. No other organ has that powerful of a presence. I share these as reminders that what we carry within us has the potential to extend far beyond us. As we close, I want to encourage you to take a moment to get present to the wisdom of your heart. Rumi once said, what was said to the rose was said to me here in the heart. What is your heart telling you? 
How might you allow that insight to guide your leadership and the impact you want to have in the world? Thanks for tuning in to the Onward podcast. It's your support, it's your feedback, it's your comments, it's your suggestions that are really driving this show forth. So if you've got any comments, feedback, questions, suggestions, connections, you name it, feel free to get at me at d w-e-i-n-z-v-e-g at gmail.com you can also find me on twitter at daniel weinsweg spelled the same way if you're enjoying the show give it a like on whatever podcast platform you're listening to make a comment share it with somebody you think could be inspired turned on informed by the conversations we have here a little social engagement on this weird technology mainframe goes a long way before I go, I'd like to give a big shout out to my dear friend, Jay Lately. Jay Lately's music is the soundtrack to the Onward podcast. So if you dig the tunes that's behind the music, the, the intros, the transitions, that's all Jay Lately. Check him out on Spotify. He's been doing this work, following his heart, inspiring folks with his poetry, his words, and his passion for over 10 years. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, onward and upward.